Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. Here we are today, back again, with our book entitled Aging with Grace, Flourishing in an Anti-Aging Culture. And our two authors are Sharon Betters and Susan Hunt. I'd like to quickly read the profile promotion, which says, Susan Hunt says that the physical and mental decline of aging does not decrease the power of his grace to reverse the effects of the fall and to make us flourish spiritually. God has spoken and he will do it. So to pick up with our new chapter, Flourishing and Fruitful, flourishing and fruitfulness are delightful themes of scripture. God commanded the earth to sprout vegetation. The living creatures were commanded to be fruitful and multiply. The man and woman were given a cultural mandate to be fruitful and multiply and to have dominion over the creation. They were to live face to face with God and extend his glory to all the earth, foreshadowing the gospel mandate to go into all the world and be fruitful and multiply spiritually as we make disciples. And in the new Jerusalem, there will be the tree of life, with the 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. When I was young, she says, if someone had asked me what words came to mind when I thought about aging, I suspect that I would have said declining, unproductive, dependent, and inactive. I wonder if God's declaration that his righteous ones will flourish, grow, and be fruitful in old age is on the short list of the most unexpected surprises in Scripture. Psalm 92, verses 12 through 15 read, The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. These verses answer the following questions. 
Who does the Bible say will flourish and be fruitful? Hmm, we just read. Those in old age. What does the Bible mean by flourishing and fruitful? Where is the place we learn to flourish and be fruitful? The righteous refers to the status of God's chosen people, children, whom he declares righteous by crediting the perfect righteousness of Christ to their account. They are the justified ones. The Westminster Shorter Catechism explains, justification is an act of God's free grace, wherein he pardoneth all our sins and accepts us as righteous in his sight. Only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. The purpose of this book is not to share clever strategies that will equip you to become a better, older version of yourself. Instead, it's about what God is committed to do in the lives of his justified ones, women just like you and me. It's about the reversals he accomplishes by his grace. And all the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. I bring low the high tree and make high the low tree. Dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it. Our justification is an act of God's free grace. The physical and mental decline of aging does not decrease the power of his grace to reverse the effects of the fall and to make us flourish spiritually. God has spoken and he will do it. Jesus said, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. R.C. Sproul's explanation of this profound passage takes us to the heart of a biblical understanding of flourishing. Jesus spoke in the same breath of the hour of his glorification and of the hour of his death. Jesus did not say that if a grain of wheat falls into the ground, it might produce some fruit. Instead, he said that it would produce much fruit. It is not possible, not even theoretically possible, that the atonement of Jesus could not bear fruit. The Father makes certain that the grain of wheat that dies bears fruit. If you are in Christ and have tasted of the bread of heaven, you are that fruit. Indeed, the fruit encompasses the whole of Jesus' church. Here we see the paradox of the Christian life that Jesus spoke about so often. We find life in dying to self and following Christ. We do not see the mysterious work of germination while the seed is in the ground. But as it is watered and warmed, it eventually sprouts, grows, blossoms, and bears fruit. 
This fruit does not depend on human achievement. It is otherworldly, spiritual, abundant, eternal. This is the fruit of repentance, the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of the spirit. The world equates flourishing with activity and productivity. A biblical perspective does not mean we do more. It means we become more like Christ. We mature in faith, hope, and love. God himself describes this amazing process. Note what he says he will do. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And you shall be my people. And I will be your God. I will make the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field abundant. Then the nations that are left all around you shall know that I am the Lord. I have rebuilt the ruined places and replanted that which was desolate. I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it. As counterintuitive as it sounds, flourishing is a slow and progressive death that brings abundant life. Our new heart has new desires. Even as our physical bodies grow old, God causes our new desires to flourish as they are fertilized by his word and spirit. And we die to self-centered desires, dreams, and self-centered demands. This is possible because of God's covenant promise that he will be our God, we will be his people, and he will live among us. The specific trees mentioned in Psalm 92 show the potential of the righteous to flourish and be fruitful. The date palm, which was common in Israel, grows straight. It is upright, majestic in its simplicity. And the older this tree becomes, the sweeter and more abundant of fruit it produces. These tall evergreens can grow up to 30 meters tall with large fronded leaves which can span four to five meters and are tipped with sharp points. In the spring, their large branches contain a multitude of small blossoms. Dates are harvested in the dying days of the summer. The date palm is extremely economical with every part of the tree having its own use. The leaves are used to make ropes, baskets, and other woven goods such as crates. The wood is used for household interiors, furniture, and exterior areas. The leaf bases and fruit stalks can be used as fuel. The fruit can be used for date vinegar, date honey, sweet pickle, date paste, and flavoring. Just as every part of the palm has a purpose, so too nothing in our lives is wasted. God uses everything to conform us to the likeness of Jesus and to benefit others. 
Joseph's betrayal by his brothers was intended to harm him, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive. Paul's imprisonment was not wasted. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Paul declared this in Philippians. We flourish when we trust God and see that everything that happens to us is designed by him to advance the gospel in our hearts and in the hearts of others. The magnificent cedar of Lebanon grows in the mountains. It endures the cold temperatures and strong winds and can reach 100 feet in height with branches that spread 50 feet or more. Some are 3,000 years old. Like the palm tree, they are always green. They usually grow in groves with their branches intertwining, providing a canopy of shade. And ladies, right before we end today, I was drawn to the, the words that spoke about the fact that these trees endure cold temperatures and strong winds. And isn't that much like periods of our lives, particularly as we age, we can look back and sometimes right in the very presence of where we are and we can see that we have felt the cold of winter. Many say we are in our winter season in the latter years of life. In our autumn, in our spring, in our summer, me, I am in my fall, the fall of my life, I do believe. And I've had many winds. I'm sure that you all have had some at least, if not many, winds and colds. And I just want us to remember from this reading alone, this portion alone, that, that, that these temperatures and these weather circumstances are meant to do the trees well. It may not look it at the time that you see the leaves sprawling all around and some of them being knocked to the ground. And don't we get knocked to the ground sometimes? but it's all meant for our good. And on that note, I'm going to say adieu.